this is crazy. Like, I'm reading more into the the HBO Max stuff. Yeah. And someone was saying, and this is like, um, this is a film critic, so I don't know how reliable the source is, but mm-hmm. like, was saying that news tomorrow regarding like the rest of their original programming on HBO Max. Wow. Doom Patrol, Titans, Harley Quinn, Our Flag Means Death, Minx, no. Peacemaker. Oh, Peacemaker, Gossip Girl, Hacks. They're, as of now, they're saying that, and I put this in our show notes, we can talk about it a little bit more, that HBO Max is go, like is not going to produce scripted shows and is laying off 70% of the workforce. So basically, what's it called? Because uh, they got bought out by... I don't remember. Discovery. Discovery. Right. They're coming in and slashing everything. Holy shit. Okay. Let's get right into it. And then we can circle back with the stuff that we want to concentrate on. So. I mean, yeah, this is like the, I mean, this is the biggest story right now because it's, it's also like really shaking up things in Hollywood. I mean, this is lots of people's creations being thrown out the window and it's it's really like you follow i follow a lot of writers a lot of creators and they are disturbed by this this is like bad and a lot of people are going to be out of work it's really bad because it seems like nothing is safe because what they're doing is and like i said we'll circle back to this a little bit later but they're they're being creative by using uh this stuff to to basically create tax write-offs for Warner Brothers mm-hmm. at large so they can show a loss and recoup some of the money that they may have broken even with by their summation on these projects that are getting axed. So, Correct. But it's important to note that if they write these things off as a tax write-off, mm-hmm. like like Batgirl, for example, it is a com- it has to be a complete loss, which means they cannot make any money off of it, which means they cannot sell it to anyone. And that's true for the other TV shows, too. So that intellectual property, if you're thinking, oh, our flag means death could be picked up by, uh, you know, a Netflix, Amazon Prime, whatever. No, it could not. They cannot make any money off of it. They literally have to throw it out the window. Right, right. This is something that's been uh, discussed uh, heavily in the uh, CNSC Discord group today. Yeah. Um, because, you know, Caitlin is, uh, Caitlin Rosberg, a mm-hmm. good friend of mine and a member of the board as well over at CNSC, uh, they're a, um, a, a, a media uh, writer. So they used to work yeah. for, you know, different outlets and, and that sort of thing. Uh, but Caitlin's a pretty cool person, just overall, very knowledgeable about stuff that's going on. Yeah. And Caitlin was saying earlier that basically it boils down to corporate greed and 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 Zaslav's ego, David Absolutely. Zaslav. That's the that's and that's the guy running all of this now, correct? Like, right, 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 right. And it's uh it's interesting to to look at the parallel between this and the the Disney Fox merger mm-hmm. because a lot of folks. They're they're forgetting the fact that a lot of things got canceled when Fox was absorbed into Disney. Eventually, yeah. some of that stuff came out. But at one point, we weren't going to get Free Guy. We weren't going to get New Mutants. We joke about that all the time, of course. Yeah. Uh, but there were a lot of movies that were just kind of on the bubble and a lot of projects that just got left by the wayside. I mean, you know, we... This one's hitting a little bit harder, I think, because these are a lot of shows and projects that we're interested in, that that are our favorites that we were looking forward to. 
uh, with the Fox merger, it seemed like a lot of the stuff that was getting pushed out or, you know, just canceled altogether was stuff that we didn't really care about too much, you know, from a, from a comic fandom. So it got, it got glossed over and overlooked. Yeah. Um, and I don't remember what all was canceled in that Fox merger. I wasn't super concerned about those particular projects so much as I was like the effect that it has on the industry. Um, I do feel more of a loss with some of these projects that have been canceled in this merger. But once again, the biggest loss is going to be what it's doing to the industry. True. <laughs> and, and Caitlin is absolutely right when they said that it's, it's corporate greed. It, it is. It's greed. Right, right, right. So I'm just looking at this article from 2019. <laughs> Uh, it says that uh, still safe, of course, are the Avatar sequels, the Planet of the Apes series, and everything under Fox Searchlight. Of the 246 right. movies in development at Fox, there were some real gems we may never get to see. Ben Affleck planned to tell the bizarre true love story of an ex-cop turned McDonald's security guard who stole <laughs> winning McDonald's Monopoly tickets to sell to the highest bidder. Oh, yeah. They had the documentary about that on HBO. Yeah, yeah. I- ironically. Uh, mm-hmm. A Flash Gordon remake was in the works from Taika Waititi. Um, I have no interest in that movie, but Taika doing it. Yeah, I'm interested. Right. Uh, more Stephen King adaptations. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. There was going to be a, a female-centered reboot of The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Ooh, that would have been nice. Would have been nice. Uh, yeah. Let's see. The return of the killer clowns from outer space in 3D. That was scrapped. Okay. Like I said, these are things that they're, they're very niche that didn't really, you know, stab us too hard in the back, right? Uh, two prequels were in development that we'll never get to see now. One for Pinocchio. How do you have a Pinocchio prequel? And then there was Die Hard. Geppetto as a child, I guess. The Three Misfortunes of Geppetto, it was called. And they had <laughs> a Die Hard prequel named McLean. Uh, also, no. an untitled Sandlot prequel in the works because we we had so many unanswered what, questions. Do you want to see his parents divorce? We had so many unanswered questions about what happened to those kids first, you know. Uh, Assassin's Creed Two. See, it's easy for me to just dig on these, right? Because right, because there's so, there's there's going to be a lot of flops in there, but right, right. But yeah, now, this one we we don't know the full scope of how bad this is going to be just yet. Um, by the time you guys listen to this, we might know more about those shows that I was mentioning earlier, but yeah, yesterday they completely scrapped Batgirl, and right. that was huge. Um, a $90 million film that they literally just threw in the trash and are not going to stream anywhere, apparently. Right, right, right. So both, uh, the directors of Batgirl and, uh, the the Warner there was a Warner Brothers uh, rep, rep that made a statement about mm-hmm. the cancellation of the movie as well. I'm trying apparently to find they did statement. it to the Scooby Doo movie as well, and that one was almost completely done. There was a Scooby Doo sequel called Scoob Haunted House or something yeah. like that that got canceled. It was it was the follow up to the uh, CGI Scooby movie that came yeah. out while we were in, uh, you know just beginning the pandemic. That was one of those exclusive. Uh, supposed to hit theaters, but ended up going to HBO Max instead. Movies right. that they put and out they, one of the one of the first ones. And then they made a, a sequel, I guess. And... Yeah, so they were working on a sequel to that, and they were also doing a prequel to that movie, which was going to be more closely tied to a pup named Scooby Doo, <laughs> and that hurts. Um, that does hurt. That's yeah. a that's a loss. 
So uh, the filmmakers, uh, mm-hmm. Adil El Arbi and Bilal Falah, have released a joint statement to express their shock and sadness. The f- filmmakers of, of Batgirl. Of Batgirl. So okay. most recently, they were responsible for the 2020 Bad Boys for Life sequel that came out. Uh, a few episodes of Miss Marvel, they also were, were uh, the head of. They say, we are saddened and shocked by the news. We still can't believe it. As directors, it is critical that our work be shown to audiences. And while the film was far from finished, we wish that fans all over the world would have had the opportunity to see and embrace the final film themselves. Maybe one day they will. Inshallah. Um, yeah, they went on to pay tribute to an amazing cast and crew who did a tremendous job and worked so hard to bring Batgirl to life. The film yeah. features, and this is this is something I want to get into, right? Like, it says the film features the In the Heights star Leslie Grace's Batgirl with Brendan Fraser, J.K. Simmons, Rebecca Front, and Michael Keaton returning as Batman. So we may have actually gotten a clue about this last week, and we just did not process it at all, right? Okay. Remember that picture that Jason Momoa posted, well, the little video clip that he posted on Instagram of him and Ben Affleck on the set of Aquaman 2? Oh, yeah. Well, we didn't really connect the dots, because initially... After Flashpoint, or whatever the fuck this Flash movie is called, after mm-hmm. that movie, apparently Michael Keaton was signed on for not only Batgirl, but he was going to be the Batman in this like splintered continuity that we ended up in. Okay. So he was going to cameo in Aquaman 2. So the fact that Ben Affleck was on the set of Aquaman 2 now goes on to say like maybe they're refilming the Keaton scenes and just putting him in instead. Interesting. Yeah. Like, That's I don't, disappointing. It is It is disappointing because Ben has expressed that he has no desire to continue in a substantial way as Batman. So even him being in the movie really isn't that big of a... Not big of a get if he's not committed to the character going forward. If they don't have any plans for him. Not necessarily. He might be committed again. I mean, he turned down Batman quite a few times, didn't he? That's true. That's true. And now we we see how, you know, he's he's Mr. Commitment once again. <laughs> yeah. Um in, in all think, facets of his life. I don't think he didn't want to be Batman and all of that stuff. I think he walked away because he was in a very unhealthy place. And now that he's in a healthier place, maybe he's like, "All right, I'll go back and I'll do Batman again." Yeah. I don't know. He never really got to fully realize that character did he you he know? never did he never did but it's it's because of the weird <laughs> well i say weird because it doesn't ever seem to work out the way they intend it to just historically over the past decade it, it hasn't worked out the way that warner brothers has intended it to right so yeah. uh for for reference and this will this will kind of bridge the gap between this story and another one i shared this with you that somebody uh mentioned on on reddit which is the flash tv show Premiered October 7th of 2014, yep, right? Yep, I remember this, yeah. The Flash movie starring Ezra Miller, which isn't even out yet and right. may not come out, was announced October 15th of 2014. So within the past nine years, yep. we've had nine seasons of consistent, unproblematic Grant Gustin, yep. who was privately going through his own battles with um anxiety anxiety and and 
all kind of other stuff. He filmed nine seasons, 184 episodes, Mm -hmm. weeks before this Flash movie is supposed to come out. Yep. Um, Yeah, I... This is... uh, I'm very concerned just talking about the superhero-related stuff, because obviously a lot of different things are going to be affected by this. I'm concerned about... Um, my Robert Pattinson Batman films too. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and even even more specifically, I'm wondering what the status is of that Penguin spinoff that they yeah. talked about immediately after. See, they're basically invalidating everything that we've discussed on the show and at DC Fandom and all these other conventions uh, over the past couple of years. Because if if nothing is safe then of course we're going to reach out to all these creators and, and try to check in, right? So right. Uh, James Gunn, who of course is responsible for The Suicide Squad and Peacemaker, the TV uh, series, well, the HBO Max series, people have been bugging him all day. Like, hey man, uh, what's up? Are, are you guys cool? And so he mm-hmm. finally responded to somebody in his, uh, in, his, in his Twitter thread, and he was like, yeah, everything's fine, you guys are overreacting. I, I counter that with no, sir. We are not overreacting no. because something else odd happened. What? Which is, you sent me this link earlier today, how they just straight up unceremoniously removed six oh, streaming no. movies from HBO Max with the promise of more to come. So it says here, uh, according to IndieWire, HBO Max has removed at least a half dozen Warner Brothers movies made specifically for HBO Max. Yeah. With more cuts coming. Moonshot starring Cole Sprouse and Zach Braff. Super Intelligence starring Melissa McCarthy. 2020 remake of The Witches. An American Pickle mm-hmm. starring Seth Rogen. That's like one of the first projects yeah. I heard about coming to HBO Max. Yeah, I remember that one. It was fun. It was pretty funny. It was fun. Locked Down starring Chiwetel Ejiofor and Anne Hathaway and the Sundance title Charm City Kings were the ones noticeably scrubbed from HBO Max over the past few months. Also <laughs> permanently benched was LeBron James and Maverick Carter's House Party reboot, which was slated to premiere July 28th on HBO Max, but was never released. Now, that's fucked up because they that's had weird. a release date. And these are the guys, uh, LeBron James and Maverick Carter, of course, are the guys who are responsible for, uh, the, the barbershop talk show they have on HBO Max as well. Yeah. And of course, you know, Space Jam 2 and all that stuff. Yeah, I'm, what's weird about those is I don't understand the benefit of taking the, that programming off of there because they're, they've already benefited from it, right? So they can't even do the tax write-off thing. So what's the point of taking that off of there? I mean, it does seem very, you know, illegal <laughs> to try to claim something like that. Uh, you know, previously re- previously released films that came out it's years also, ago. Yeah, it's also like it's fucking weird, right? Because HBO Max has has gotten so much praise. Yeah, like so much praise for the content that they have. To kind of nuke that doesn't make any sense to me. It seems very strange. It seems really weird. I feel like we're not getting the full story here either. You know? No, I agree. Something else, it feels like something else is there. Now, originally, I will say when the Batgirl announcement was made, I did not make the connection that it was because of all of this, this merger and everything like that. My thought was, okay, they're scrapping this because it's not great and something really big is coming out 
regarding like creators or something like that, that it's so problematic they can't even release it. But then again, Ezra Miller gets away with everything. So I don't know. Right, right. In any other circumstance, you know, of course you can't help but compare this to, to Marvel, right? So if Marvel right. announced a movie and they said, hey, you know, this isn't really coming out the way we expected it to. We don't want another, you know, Inhumans on our hands where we have mm-hmm. to turn it into a TV show. We're we're just going to go ahead and shelf this. Don't worry about it. It'll be a bonus feature on a, on a DVD in the future or something like that, right? Right. Like, there's... I have no confidence in Warner Brothers at this point. No, no, you shouldn't. That's that, And this is what sucks, too, right? Because they have all of these characters that are so amazing, these properties that are so amazing, and everything's being thrown out the window. Right. I mean, I understand scrapping movies that haven't even begun production yet. That happens all the time in Hollywood. But a movie that's at least 90% done, and a movie like, <laughs> in, in the case of House Party, that was on the schedule to be released in July, and just said, nah, no, it's, no we're not going to do that. Yeah, it sounds like they got a bunch of lawyers... In and and they just went through and and fucked everything up basically. Right. Um. And, yeah. And and like the cutting seventy percent of that staff. Oh my god, that's going to be so many people out of work. That's the real story here. You're right. I mean, the human aspect of it all is that these people are going to be out of a job in the creative industry, and you know it's already flooded with and, people trying to recoup from the pandemic. They're trying to get back in the swing of things. And the people who keep their jobs now have to, like, live in fear of this kind of thing. And that sucks. Just all of a sudden, just, oh, yeah, you don't have a job today. You know, and it's like I hear, I hear, uh, you know, all these other creators saying, yeah, we're we're safe and everything like that. But the the creators of Batgirl didn't know what was going to happen. They were caught off guard, too. So, I I mean, everybody should be watching their back. I don't think anything's safe, and that goes outside of the, you know, the film industry too. Unfortunately, when you have this type of like, all they care about is profit. Bottom line, nothing's really safe, right? Right, right. Guys like this, you know, they want to come in, they want to make their mark, they want to shake things up. But I mean, canceling a movie that's mostly done already is just such a weird move, especially one with guaranteed eyes on the project given the fact that it's the return of michael keaton i mean how can you discount the nostalgia boner that people are going to get the rumor that i heard was that and i don't know if it was an article i sent to you or what but like that they are really going to push for big theatrical releases again yeah and that batgirl was was made for hbo max not for the big screen so they didn't view it as something they could put on the big screen so they decided they were just going to write it off Man. kind of thing. I don't agree with that at all. I think that's really fucking weird. But that could mean that a lot of like, I mean, that could mean that they're going to invest a lot of time and money into movies and actually getting the movies right. That could be good. But I, that's, I don't know. I don't even want to like... Because, like, so many people worked on those TV shows, and the fact they're just going to get thrown out. The, <clears throat> the one that really gets me is our flag means death, because it's so good. And right. also, hacks possibly being um, on the table of, like, getting canceled is wild to me, because that show's got so much critical acclaim and won so many awards. 
I think about the ones that are flying under the radar too, like Black Lady Sketch Show, <laughs> Southside, Legendary. You know, shows well, those like are, that. Those are HBO shows. Yeah. Not HBO Max. Mm, I don't know. I don't know what the difference is, honestly. It's it's HBO Max original content that is on the table right now. Okay. Um, which is like the DC shows that have been pushed onto there. Um, they're right now. They're not. There's. I mean, yes, of course, everything's on the table, right? But right now, it looks like it's mostly HBO Max that's getting a lot of these cuts. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, I mean, I guess that's. I, I don't know how separate they are either. My guess is that they're they're gutting HBO Max so that they can just make it the Discovery app. Like, that's they're trying to fold everything into their thing, which I'm like, why would you take a brand like HBO and put it under Discovery? Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, to, to your point earlier about, you know, hopefully this means they're going to get some stuff out a little bit faster now. They also took today to announce that the uh, the Joker sequel, the one that is going to feature Lady Gaga as Harley, um, mm-hmm. and maybe a musical, is set for a fall 2024 release date. So five years after the first movie, we're going to get a sequel to Joker. Mm. Yeah. That's and of course, this doesn't even tie into choice. their, you know, so-called bigger picture of having one unified DC Universe here. This is just another little offshoot. Yeah. I don't know. It's a mess. Um, It's been a mess for some time. Like, even before all of this. You know, I don't think we disagree on that. No, <laughs> You've not talked at all. In, in great detail <laughs> about how um, DC in particular shows are messy as hell right now. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I... I don't know. I feel bad. Right now, I'm just feeling for all of the people who work for these shows and these movies and stuff, and how stressed this must, stressful this must be for them. Yeah, yeah. I feel bad for um, for Brendan Fraser, J.K. Simmons. You know, Brendan Fraser as he who was he going to be again? He was going to be Firefly. Oh shit! He was going to be Firefly. Yeah. I've seen like little screenshots and clips of him on set and everything, and he seems like he's having a great time. Ugh. It's sad to know we're never going to see it. Like, if they do, well, let me rephrase that. If someone leaks it, we could see it that way. Right. I feel like that's the only way we're going to see it at this point, though, because there's no financial gain from leaking. There isn't. So I feel like if we're going to see it, it's going to be someone. <laughs> on the way out the door leaking it. Right, right, right. But I feel like I this... I'm going to search for Flagging's death and see what the creator of that... I don't remember his name. Taika Waititi? No, no, no. Not no, he Ta- produced Taika Waititi did not create that. He's right. a producer of that. Right, 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 right. But, um... Yeah, we're going to need this David Zaslav guy to actually make some statements himself instead of hiding behind the anonymity of uh, being a rich motherfucker. Yeah. Because, yeah, people are swiftly losing faith, if just not completely already. I mean, they canceled the Wonder Twins. Nobody really gave a crap about that. Right. CNN Plus tanked immediately, and they got rid of that crap, too. See, that's the other thing. I don't know how far this guy's reach goes, because he was responsible for the CNN Plus decision as well, as far as, uh, you know, shuttering that. 
Right, like how much of HBO does he own? How or much how of the control? You know what, what I mean? Yeah. How much how much of Warner Brothers does he discover? I don't know. Oh god. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Real bummer stuff to talk about this week. David Jenkins. That's the guy who created uh, Our Flag Means Death. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what he's saying on Twitter or whatever. I don't know. They might just be keeping their head down, too, you know? Yeah. Just trying to fly under the radar. Like, uh, hey, <laughs> don't pay any attention hey, to us. Hey, maybe don't notice us. Yeah. No, we're, we're fine over here. We're all We're all fine and good. How are you? Uh, <laughs> okay. He this is what he this is what he tweeted 38 minutes ago. Many have tried to kill Steed Bonnet. Few have succeeded. Hashtag our flag means death. They're going to get canceled. They're going to get canceled. They're going to get canceled. Yeah. And what's unfortunate, like a, a, a Snyder Cut campaign won't even work for any of these projects. One, because there's no. too many of them. To get a substantial fan base like unified together to 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 rally behind, you know. Uh, the other thing too, um, I don't think we're ever going to see another release the Snyder Cut movement. No. At least not for the near future, because any goodwill that 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 had is is kind of uh, wasted at this point with all the toxicity that came from that whole thing. Yeah, I. Well, look, campaigns have like that have been happening for a while, right? Like that's that's happened for years, even before the internet was as prevalent. Oh, sure, people used to mail in like candy yeah. bars and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think for like Roswell, it was hot sauce. Um, there's just so many like random things over the years for trying to save shows. Um, Felicity, they mailed in hair. No, I'm just kidding. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that never happened. Allegedly, allegedly, cut that out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, so that that campaign, I those campaigns have happened for a while, but obviously we've had a much more toxic fan base develop in the past couple of years. It's happened with Star Wars. It's happened with DC. Um, Marvel has toxicity in it, of course. I I, I mean, name name a community that's right. not that way. Right. Right. Um, I guess if it goes on long enough, it happens, you know. So will we see on that level again? I don't know. I really don't. Things are so fractured now, too, like fractured, like like some, you know, everyone has a little bit of interest in some things, but there aren't a lot. Is that maybe is that stand culture kind of wearing off and maybe that'll affect it too people oh, not as obsessed i see what you mean you know unfortunately just because i have a passing fascination with with uh, megan Thee stallion and, and and Nicki minaj and what they're doing that stand culture is in, in full force and as a matter of fact um now that beyonce has has dropped new music it's mm-hmm. uh, it's coming back in a big way in a big big way oh yeah um she, uh, <laughs> of course, you know, um, she is editing her album basically in real time, uh, due to some, um, fan backlash or listener backlash, I should say. Uh, some warranted, you know, and, and some is a little bit 
overreaching. Uh, as a matter of fact, mm-hmm. she, I, I guess she made reference to Monica Lewinsky in, in one of the songs. And Monica tried to piggyback on her removing something else and say, hey, while you're editing that, how about you take my name out of there? And she thought she was going to get a, a warm reception to that, you know, kind of tongue in cheek thing. You know, that was a joke because Monica Lewinsky is very funny. It's like, absolutely a joke. But yeah. of course, some very, um, how can I say this? Intense fans of Beyonce decided to take it upon themselves to remind Monica Lewinsky why she's famous and, uh, continued to do so and completely missed the joke. The humor just gone. So yeah, yeah. yeah. She stepped back from that. I'm sure block a lot of people as you do. And we move on. People are very intense. They are. I don't know. Maybe it's because, like, we can't control so much bullshit in life right now that, like, they become more intense about things like that because you feel like you can control it. I don't know. The parasocial relationships have have gotten out of control in this modern age. (laughs) They have. They have. They have. And I I appreciate those who listen to us and are fans of us, of course. But if it ever gets to a point where you are stressing yourself out, um, you know, raising your blood pressure to defend me, you know, for something that doesn't involve you, I implore you, step back. Just let me handle it. It's fine. I appreciate you. I appreciate your support and your your friendship and all that stuff. I don't want anybody, like, getting stressed out because of some stuff that somebody said about me. That's, you know, it's the Internet. It happens. Yeah. Especially when I'm the one saying that stuff. Exactly. You really should just chill. You know? Chill the fuck out. I'm the other half of the podcast, okay? (laughs) You know? You know what you know what this was. Okay. So let's talk about something a little bit more positive, and then we can get back into the negative stuff. So, <laughs> is there positive news this week? A little bit. It's 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 bittersweet because it sucks that this is even necessary that it had to happen. But apparently, um, last week, and this is coming from Variety, last week more than 400 TV creators and showrunners. Showrunners, rather, all of them women, sent letters to top executives at Hollywood Studios demanding that specific safety protocols be put in place for pregnant employees in states where abortion has been outlawed or soon okay. will be. So to follow that up, letters from uh, letters signed by uh, 594 men, male creators, including J.J. Abrams, Jordan Peele, Greg Berlanti, Donald Glover and more. Uh, those have been sent to the same company. So it's good to see that these male creators are backing up these, uh, these women and letting them know that they are firmly in their corner. That's, that's great. That's yeah. amazing. Um, and that's what you do, right? Like you do everything you can within your power. You have a big name. You have, you know, you're JJ Abrams. You're producing, you're making people a lot of money. Um, you have your own production company. You you have a lot of power. You use it. Use your name. Use your influence. Do what you can. Absolutely. This is a teachable moment. I mean, it's it's altruistic what's happening here, and I I, I hope that what they're doing uh, does garner a result. But I'll just say this: it's great to see this example. Listen, watch, support. That's what you do. Yeah. You don't have to step out in front. You have to be an ally. You can be an ally. Do that. This no, and that's 
that's across the board for any sort of allyship, um, you know. So, yeah, I completely agree. Right. Right, right, right. All that's right, though. I didn't hear about that. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. All 594 men's uh, shows were immediately canceled by Warner Brothers. And, uh. <laughs> God damn it! Oh, shit. Okay, okay. All right. So. That was a good joke. <laughs> I respect it. Yeah, man. So that was good to see. And, you know, I, I, I like that. I want to see more of that. I want to see more of that type of uh, allyship and support. That was cool. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, of course, we can't let this go by without mention. Uh, Nichelle Nichols, of course, yeah. uh, from Star Trek, uh, Lieutenant Uhura, has died at the age of 89. And the world mourns because Nichelle Nichols is a trailblazer uh, in the industry. You know, um, never heard a bad thing about the woman, first of all. You know, she was a... A shit kicker, man. Like, she wasn't taking it from anybody. I implore everyone, if you want to know more about Michelle Nichols, uh, besides what you already do, watch this episode of Drunk History, um, featuring, of all people, Raven Simone portraying, portraying Michelle Nichols. Oh, really? I haven't seen that one. It is a fantastic episode of that show. I think uh, Drunk History is on Hulu now. Um, but check out the episode. They talk about her meeting with uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., and how, uh, you know, he was responsible for opening her eyes, basically, to the effect that she was having um, the, the inspiration that she was to young women, young black women in particular, uh, about their place uh, in the um, basically in NASA and getting into space and, and space exploration and that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, she was an example to show like, hey, it's possible. You know, she was up on the bridge of the Enterprise, just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, female astronauts credit her as their inspiration for getting into that profession. So that's so fucking cool. It is. It is so fucking and cool. Eighty nine is a, is you know a long life, um, at least as far as numbers are concerned, and hopefully she lived a good life. Um, but yeah, that still that still sucks, and you know. I hope her family and friends are okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, nobody has a bad thing to say about her. Of course, everybody's (laughs) expressing their condolences to, you know, just losing her and, and, and and expressing love to her family. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I've seen nothing but positivity and love toward um, her legacy and her family. Yeah. I know she was wheelchair bound for the past couple (laughs) of years because I saw uh, a clip of her um, basically, she was doing a farewell, a farewell tour at all the different conventions that she would go to every year. Oh. And her handler was leading her out of the convention hall, uh, just wheeling her out. And um, apparently they had arranged, and this is just so precious, and I, I, I don't know how they knew like this was the time to do it. But they'd arranged um, a group of, of Star Trek cosplayers to come and just give her a salute as she... Uh, left the uh, oh. the hall, and I, I got to find that video. I'll share it with you. But it was just so it was I'll so heartbreaking. Cry. Yeah, I'm, I'm close to tearing up just hearing about it. Yeah, so you know, I just such a powerful woman, and uh, yeah, just left such a, a lasting impression 
on this world. I know she was loved, and uh, yeah, like yeah. I, I mean, it's amazing enough to have an influence in film and television, right? And then to know that that extends into the zeitgeist, like Star Trek did, yeah. um, and her did, and just just being on the screen, right? Did. Right. I mean, she was she was so much more than just a character on a TV show. You know, she yeah. she uh, was the epitome of grace and everything. So, yeah. Yeah, she will be missed. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We definitely had to um, acknowledge that. I agree. Mm-hmm. It, I don't know how to transition to the next story. I'm just going to be 100% honest. There's never a good way to transition to Dane Cook. There never has been. Dane so. Cook is in the news. I'm sure most of you have heard this by now, but I wanted to talk in a little more detail about this because I was also digging deep into the stories about Dane Cook. Okay. It took a while. I found a a um, Twitter account that was doing like pop culture deep dives, and they had posted about this in 2019, and that is how I found out more details. Mm. But let's talk about the news in the present first which is Dane Cook is engaged. Dane Cook is 50 years old. He is engaged to, and all of the headlines call it this, his longtime girlfriend, Kelsey, mm-hmm. Kelsey Taylor, who is 23 years old. Um, uh, longtime girlfriend seems to be a very loose term when it comes to a 23-year-old. Yeah. You don't want that to be too long. Of a relationship. <laughs> so baseline, that is a very big age gap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. She wasn't even around when he was popular. She was not. Holy no. Shit. Okay. 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 So I went back in. I was all over Twitter. People were claiming that he had met her X, Y, and Z year. I couldn't find any proof of that, but. Then I found a, is this a podcast? I need to make sure I point out exactly what they are. I, yeah, it looks like they're still making, yeah, but still, it's a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and hosted by, it looks like Brandon Wardle and Jack Wagner. Um, they have, and they're at, at, yeah, still on Twitter. Okay. So they posted about this in 2019. I want to make sure they get full credit because they did the research on this. So at this point, he was Dane Cook was dating Kelsey Taylor, right? Yeah. <laughs> this article came out in 2018, saying Dane Cook met his girlfriend at a game night, and it's a picture of him and this girl. This girl looks very young. Oh, no. She looks very young. So they did a deep dive on his Instagram, and they found a picture of her in October of 2016 at a game night with him. Oh, boy. Yeah, she was 16 going on 17, I believe, was the age. Whoa. Oh, no. Yeah, they met there at the game night. Um, So Whose game? Mm. Okay, all right. So I have so many questions. (laughs) The rumor was that he's friends with her stepfather. Oh, my God. So it was a giant game night full of like a lot of people. She was there. Okay, but so they're documented of knowing each other at least back in 2016 when she was um 16 going on 17 years old. 
It seems like... And at, he said that they met at a game night, uh-huh. and they were friends for a while before it became a relationship. Um, but their their anniversary is in, like, their what they claim is their anniversary. I believe it said it was, like, in May or something like that. Her birthday is in October. Uh-huh. So <laughs> by their timeline that they have posted online... They got together a couple months after she turned 18. By their official timeline, as far as Instagram is concerned, because they say they've been together for five years as of, I think it was in May. So they did the math just so they could come out with an official, you know, age that sounded but at least legal. But she's in a picture on Instagram. I don't know if this is still up, but she is in this picture standing behind him on Instagram when she is a child and she looks like a fucking child. She That's looks gross. like she's like 17. That's gross. 17. I I don't care. Like I even if even if she was 19, 20 when they Fresh met 18, it's still gross. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine being a parent and, you know, your girl, your little girl tells you that she's going out with somebody that she met. She's so excited and everything like that. I want to meet this young man and invite him over. And it's fucking Dane Cook coming to your door. <laughs> and imagine oh, wanting to date an 18 year old. Imagine at our I'm, present ages we're you know, you and I are a decade apart, but I'm I'm 30 and I can't imagine that shit. No, dude. I mean, it's just, I, no. You know, we've, we've talked about this previously, this sort of thing. Like, when you have that substantial of an age gap, like, yeah. what do you talk about? What do you do? There are certain things <laughs> that you just, it's a generational difference that can't be overcome in a lot of ways. And, you know, the physical aspect of it only gets you so far. It's, it's just not, yeah. it's not <laughs> a long term ideal situation like wow yeah i mean kayla and i are only like two and a half years apart and every once in a while it will there will be a thing where it's like oh did you watch this show or whatever and i was like i I was a little too old for that like there's still little things little gaps it's very rare and and small but it still happens i can't (laughs) he was a full grown-ass man (laughs) when she was born that's that's insane. Yeah, it is insane. She could be his daughter. She could be... Okay. Dane Cook could be older than her father. He could very well, yeah. Holy shit, man. Oh, man. I don't know. That's so weird. I can't I can't wrap my <laughs> head around And I tried to find that. more info about her. I guess she's like a singer and fit influencer type, but that, that type of person, I don't know. Nothing against her. Um, I think she's uh, likely groomed in a victim at this point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she it's... looks so little too. Like she looks very young, mm. in my opinion. I, I would not be comfortable about that as a parent. I just couldn't do it. I would neither. I would. I would keep. It's actually funny because we were talking about this. I was. Uh, I was saying like I would make sure that she was still in my life though, even if she married him, because I'm like I want her to be able to leave. Get yeah. Out and come home safe. You know. I know a lot of people kind of banish their kids when they do things like that. They're kind of like, well, I'm not dealing with you because like no, I don't want her to isolate. And, you know, I want her to be able to get away from it. 
I, I've um, never been a huge fan of Dan Cook, but he's always, to me, come off as just such an intense, controlling, just yeah, typical like early 2000s bro-y type guy. Unfortunately, I bought into a little bit of his like his like sob story shit about like because you know his brother had stolen a bunch of money from him, mm-hmm. millions. Like, <laughs> um, both of his parents died really close together. Yeah, he kind of disappeared off face of the earth for a while, and then it was like a comeback story kind of thing. And I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. And now I'm like, oh god, no, like what the fuck. I didn't know you were dating a child the whole time. Yeah. I didn't know your girlfriend needed a booster seat. Holy shit. I didn't realize Dane Cook was a libertarian. Cool. Oh, gross, man. I just, no, no. These dudes are Super weird. Gross. Just find somebody your age. They're, they're weird and someone's, something's wrong with them, you know? I mean, I feel like it's these guys who have that type of personality. And, you know, I, I'll preface it with this. I... I don't wish the bad stuff that you mentioned to happen on anybody. It's it's terrible. It's awful. No, no, no. Of course. But not. I feel like guys who are that much older, or not even that much older, but like even less. Like I just saw a story about uh, Demi Lovato feeling like Wilder, Wilmer, Wilmer, uh, Wilmer, Wilder Valderrama. Thank you. Like he took yeah. advantage of her because she was seventeen when they met and he was twenty nine. You know, like <laughs> even a small age gap like that. Like I feel like. The older party in the relationship feels like they can be more manipulative, they can be more controlling because they have that, you know, that age over them. I think that, yeah, yeah, I think they're like, and, and I also think those guys, like, they have so much baggage, they have so much shit going on that they're like, oh, I want someone without baggage. I'm like, well, everyone who's lived a life has baggage. Right. That's not how it works. Kids haven't lived a life. And now you're about to inflict damage on someone else who may have avoided the type of trauma that you went through. Yeah. It's... uh, mm -mm. And what's sad about stories like this, too, is it probably, you know, there are people who have been through this, like in Evan Rachel Wood. Like, you know, like, and they're looking at this and they're going, oh, Jesus Christ, it's happening again. Right. And then that re-triggers them. And they're, you know... Their problems, like they're, they're um, how they're surviving, you know, and dealing with this shit that never really goes away. It's just something you have to like work through, and that's that's incredibly upsetting too. Man, oh well, I'm sure we'll hear much more about this. Yeah, uh, I mean, ugh, gross. Yep. It's creepy. That is. Creepy. I just hope. She doesn't um, end up having kids with him, maybe. Yeah. She can get out before that happens. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Okay. We have the the reverse flash in the news. The anti-Ezra Miller. Dev Patel. (laughs) Dev Patel. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The reason that I am going to call Dev Patel the reverse flash right now or rather, The Flash, and Ezra Miller is the reverse Flash, the evil version. <laughs> yes. Um, is because Dev Patel is in the news for dealing with chaos, not bringing on chaos. Um, Dev Patel successfully broke up a knife fight in Australia. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah, according to the um, the country's Seven News, a man and a woman were fighting in the street of a, co- of a convenience store. 
when a man was stabbed in the chest. The man is expected to survive. Dev Patel and his friends witnessed the violent altercation um, that was already in progress outside of a convenience store. And Dev acted on his natural instinct to try and de-escalate, de-escalate the situation and break up the fight. The group thankfully uh, was successful in doing so, and they remained on site until police and an ambulance arrived. Um, and then Patel's team responded to this story coming out, saying there are no heroes in this situation. And they said this is um, highlights a larger systemic issue of marginalized members of society not being treated with the dignity and respect that they deserve. Mm. Um, the hope is that the same level of media attention this story is getting solely because of Dev, a famous person, was involved, can be a catalyst for lawmakers to be compassionate in determining long-term solutions to not only help to help not only the individuals who were involved but the community at large. Um, so, uh, wondering if it was like a, like it, it, they're making it imply that it was like a racially motivated or something like that. I'm, it, it's weird cause the, the article if it was from variety and it wasn't very clear as to why the two people were fighting. Right. Hmm. Uh, I'm clicking on the original article to see if they state exactly they were fighting. Well, it's a good thing Dev was there. Yeah. You know? Dev is is the hero that came to sit. No. Like, I I just thought this was a... Honestly, this is kind of a wall of weird story for the week, because I was like, I'm sorry, Dev Patel broke up a knife fight? Right. I saw that on Twitter, and I was like, huh? You know, we hear about so many celebrities that are the cause of fights breaking out lately, you know? And to hear that somebody broke one up, that's pretty fucking cool. So (laughs) shout out to Dev Patel. Yeah. Um, this says that the two people, the woman who stabbed the man, everything, they were, they knew each other. The incident was not random. That's all it says about it. Wow. I found that statement that, um, uh, Dev's representatives said to be a little bit confusing. More context needs to be given for that because I don't, I don't quite understand what that means yeah i feel like they were trying to be overly safe about it and try to yeah. say you know hey there's there's really nobody to to pin this on specifically you know this is a, a misunderstanding and then they tried to pivot it into something else a, a bigger uh you know statement they were trying to make there that like you said just confused the whole issue yeah yeah i i can't find anything more about this but like, it's it's a very interesting statement. Um, a lot of people were like, the headlines coming out about these, like these, the, like the Dev Patel story makes it sound like he was the one who got stabbed because they're poorly written headlines, which is yeah, yeah, a little bit hilarious. You know, but the guy did survive, so that's good. That is good. His <laughs> his career is interesting to me because he really hasn't done anything like mainstream, mainstream. You know. Like, of course, most recently he was in The Green Knight. Mm-hmm. But other than that, he's been in some Wes Anderson films. He's been in um, The Personal History of David Copperfield. He was, uh, you know, involved with Slumdog Millionaire. And, uh, yeah, I mean, other than that, man, he's just really got, like, a lot of indie-looking stuff. Yeah, I think he's just kind of had the career he wanted to have, um, which is interesting. Yeah. 
I've, I, you know, I respect that at least. I feel like, um, who was the other one? Okay, he's an, an abuser publicly, like allegedly an abuser. But like Shia LaBeouf kind of did the same thing, right? Like he, he did a lot of really popular things, and then he kind of went off and did his own shit for a while. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of comparable. Did maybe. you ever see? Well, I know this is this is kind of like when we when we um, solidified. Uh, our stance, our joint stance on uh, Shia LaBeouf when I was talking about Honey Boy, you know. But mm-hmm. if if any part of that movie is to be taken at face value, like I understand why he decided to move his career a certain way because he was basically just you know run into the ground trying to be Mr. Popular Hollywood because his dad was just trying to like. Yeah. Turn him into a show pony, basically. Like, yeah, you're going to go work for Disney. You're going to get movies. You're going to, you know, do whatever they tell you to do. You're just going to be famous, just like me. And, you know, he was like a clown or whatever. Yeah. And I never saw that movie. I just never got around to watching it. Yeah. Um, but, like, I know vaguely about, like, the stuff with his dad. But it, the reason I bring it up is it seems like his career after uh, breaking ties with his father has just been kind of like, all right, now I'm going to do the opposite. Of what I was doing before, yeah, because that's going to bring back that trauma, you know. Uh, and so that's why he decided to just go strictly with the indie stuff, the weird stuff, you know. Not excusing yeah. his behavior in any way whatsoever, but, like, I get why he wanted to stray away from, like, being, like, the Disney guy. Right, and, right. You're talking about his career purely, not the personal stuff involved with him. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I I agree. I think that's probably the case, um, and that's a fascinating thing. I'm like, that's something for you to explore in therapy, buddy. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of Disney kids are like that too, to varying degrees. You know, um, you look at Raven Simone's career. I'm not saying that they mm-hmm. were all abused by their parents or anything, but it seems like once they get that reputation of being tied to Disney and that you know just that family safe image that was constructed for them as a child, mm-hmm. they really work hard to get away from that. So somebody like Raven Simone, of course, uh, even going back as far as like, you know, the, the, uh, the new Mickey Mouse club with, uh, you know, Carrie Washington and Britney Spears and, you yeah. know, in sync and all those, like they work hard to distance themselves from Disney after a certain point. Like, look, I need to be taken seriously. No more mouse bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they've, and what's funny is they do have great careers and you kind of have to go how much of that was like influenced by the Disney thing. How much of it was you pushing yourself away from it? Like it's just, it's a fascinating transition that they all make. That's why Keenan Thompson is just such an anomaly as far as that career path goes, because he never seemed I, to, I think Keenan, I think Keenan had the blessing of being on Nickelodeon and not Disney, though. Well, I mean, even like, yeah, I'm just kind of like using that as a, as a juxtaposition because, you know, right. even the Nickelodeon kids, like their careers pretty much fizzled out after being yes. associated with Nickelodeon because it was like, we don't have a plan for you once you become a certain age. So good luck, you know. But Right. I just think the, the machine of Disney was on a different level than Nickelodeon. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, that, and when I say that, I say that in regards to that that era of Nickelodeon. You know, I, I know a few years later it got a little crazier there. Um, but, you know. 
Like yeah. I think when you know Jamie Lynn Spears was in the machine of of Nickelodeon a few years after, it might have been a little bit more intense. Right. Yeah. Um, and of course, this is after my time watching Nickelodeon, but you know they've they've had Ariana Grande come through there. Yeah. Um, you know, Kiki Palmer came through Nickelodeon. Yeah. Miranda Cosgrove is kind of still with them in a way. But when I think of Keenan Thompson, it's like, man, he didn't stop being that guy. Yeah. Like he's always been this guy, you know, and it's a it's sketch comedy guy, the yeah. sketch comedy guy and the wholesome guy, you know, and it's incredible to me. Like mm-hmm. he's, you know, he's kind of like loosened up his his collar a little bit over the years, but. You know, at, at his core, he still he won't say the N word in any of his work at all. You know, um, I, you know, I would be shocked. And and I mean, I say that like lightly, you know, because so many stories have come out. But like if something comes out about Keenan Thompson, I would be kind of surprised because he seems like a pretty good dude and like keeps his head down and just like doesn't get into trouble, has his family, has his life and is like a good guy. Well, I think that's why he's last. What? No, no, no. He's a good guy. He's a good guy, but he oh, and shit. his hello. Yeah, okay. what did he do? Now no, I'm like, no, oh, he's, no, what did he do? He's fine. His wife and he are getting divorced. Like that's okay. Yeah, that recently well, happened. Shit happens. So it it kind of sucked because like I I listen to his podcast sometimes. The you already know podcast is what he's on with a, with a buddy of his. Oh, I haven't listened to that. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's it's hit or miss. But during SNL season. Like he kind of gives a rundown of some behind the scenes stuff, you know, and they talk. Oh, that's cool. He, he talks about like the the you know who who contributed what to what sketch, and I I like that aspect of it. So, you know, yeah, that's usually what I'm listening. That. But one episode, it was like back to back weeks. He found out that his show was canceled. Keenan was canceled, um, and that his mm-hmm. wife was leaving him. And I was like, damn, damn. Yeah, that sucks. It's a terrible time. I wonder what happened there. Now I'm curious. I don't think they've been I mean, very public about it. Because he's not a really public person. No, know? no. He's always been pretty private. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, they got two kids together. They were married in 2011. Mm-hmm. So they were together a good decade. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it happens. Sometimes people just drift apart. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't always have to be... A big debacle, and that brings me back to my original point about him. It's like he's just a straight-laced type of guy. You didn't hear about that big break from him, yeah. you know, when it comes to his image and everything like that. So, all that to say, yeah, I forget how we got down this conversation. Back. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but I don't know. yeah, no, I hope he's healing. I hope everything works out for him and his family. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, somehow we ended there. Um, this has been the Keenan Thompson podcast, but we right. just discussed <laughs> Keenan Thompson's personal life. But shout out to Dev Patel for being a stand-up guy and and stopping that knife fight. That's pretty fucking rad. Give him a high five. Buy him a drink. Sometimes, do you ever say sentences and you go, "What did I just say? How how did I just say that?" You going, "Shout out to Dev Patel for stopping that knife fight." <laughs> is yeah. one of the sentences. Every once in a while in life, we get sentences that are completely out of place and are just an absolute mad lib of a sentence. And when you have those, I encourage you all to recognize them in life because you never know when it'll happen. 
and it's always wonderful. That's good advice. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate the Mad Libs moments of your life, yeah. whether it's someone close to you saying it or a complete stranger or you yourself, because <laughs> you never know when that shit is coming, and it's always fantastic. Oh, man. I think you're too young for this ad campaign, which also brings up our previous conversation. But that um that coffee campaign that was like, celebrate the moments of your life. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. Okay, yeah. yeah. I, was, I was a kid when that, I think, when that ran. Celebrate the Mad Libs of your life. <laughs> yes. So good. Wasn't that like Folgers or something? No, no. It was some no? like uh, international coffee brand or something like that. Google it. Yeah, so, Dee knows it. She's yelling at the she's uh, yelling at the thing right now. <laughs> coffee ad. General Foods International. Cafe Vienna. <laughs> it was Oh, maybe I just saw these in clips or something, because that was from 1988. Yeah, I was going to say, like... I, I might would... have seen it in the, like, because uh, I watched all of those I love, the, like, 70s, 80s, 90s, like, those VH1 shows that were so good. I probably saw it in one of those. See, that's that's interesting to me. Like, you and I have a similar path like that, right? So it yeah. was it was more easily accessible during those clip shows and stuff like that when you were a kid. But when I was a kid, it was like I just had to mainline Nick at Night. Yeah. And just like catch all that culture that way, you know, to the point where people would say stuff. Like, look, I'm telling you right now, people, if you know a kid and you feel the urge coming on to tell that little kid you have an old soul, don't say that shit to a kid. Just tell him he's yeah. fucking weird. All right. Because I, I went around just, thinking like I was mature yeah, for my age and just, I was just a weirdo. Just recognize that they are or they have depression and maybe <laughs> consider telling their parents <laughs> that, um, you know, a good therapist to help them out. It's unhealthy also, for yeah. this child to know so much about Mork and Mindy. You may want to talk to him. Yes, that's what you should Your say. Your child knows all about Joni Loves Chachi and has <laughs> inexplicably worthers in their bag. You need to contact someone. I want to know that kid. I want to wear this. contact Child Protective Services. <laughs> well, folks, we've made it to the end of another podcast. <laughs> Thank it you was so a much. weird one. It was a weird one, but we made it through. Uh, of course, by the time you hear this, all this Warner Brothers news will be outdated. So we'll keep you posted next Probably. time. Uh, if you want a more real-time update situation with us, you want to join our Discord server. Oh, you guys have a Discord? How can I be down with that? Send me a link. No. Because access to the Discord is strictly for the cool people who support us on Patreon. And we appreciate y'all so much. Thank you for doing that. Patreon.com slash Lex and Matt. It's real easy. It's real fun. Even throwing a dollar, you get in the door. Yeah. You get to talk to us all the time. It's great. Um, follow yeah. us on all the social medias at Lex and Matt across the board. We just had a great uh, fan appreciation month. We gave away all mm-hmm. kind of cool codes for digital movies. And uh, we even gave away Batmobile, a Lego Batmobile. That's right. What did have they chosen their Lego Batmobile? I'm fascinated. I want to know what Lego was chosen. You'd never guess. Well, you had three to choose from, so you would guess eventually. I was going to say we had three to choose from. That's right. Yeah. It was the 1966 Batmobile. I mean, that one's pretty dope. That's a good choice. It's iconic. 
You know, it's not just a black car. It's an iconic Batmobile. So, yeah, I totally get yeah. it. Yeah. I have no, like, connection to that ma- that Batmobile. I was I said Matmobile. <laughs> I have no connection to that Batmobile, personally. So, to me, it would just be like, oh, it's a cool set, but it doesn't really have that. I didn't grow up with that in any capacity. Yeah. But I could see that, like being you know if you liked that or that batman in any capacity being really fun to put together there you go so that's yeah. all the cool stuff it's that cool stuff. we do for our friends and listeners so anyway you should follow us <laughs> and all that being said thanks again for listening i'm matt peters and i'm lex lutz be excellent to each other yeah bye <laughs>